Deborah Atkinson is a force to be reckoned with. As a leader and specialist in women's health, particularly midlife health, Deborah is the founder of Flipping 50, the hormone balancing exercise and lifestyle support program. With a TED Talk and multiple books specific to exercise in your 40s, 50s and beyond, Deborah is a sought-after speaker, educator and trainer. I was so happy to speak with Deborah as I had so many of my burning questions around what type of exercise to do and for how long and she answered all my questions. And thanks to one of my listeners for leaving a voice message about how the podcast is helping her. You can also leave a message and be featured in a future podcast by downloading the Anchor Podcast app and sending me a voice message there. Check it out. Tracy, I just love your podcast. This is Sally Bartlett, and I am getting so much out of it because I can listen to it while I'm getting ready in the morning and feel like I'm up on the latest so that I can age successfully and gratefully. Thank you so much for your passion. Hey, super excited to have Deborah Atkinson from Flipping 50. Um, Deborah's based in Arizona and I was just telling Deborah that I have a really good friend that's recently moved back to Arizona from Malaysia. So at some point I will be visiting her and then who knows Deborah, we could be in the same room <laughs> at some point. Fantastic. Talking, well, on yeah. the same hike, on the same yeah. hike. That yeah, would right. be, I mean, that, that's my dream. Yeah, I love hiking, biking, all of that stuff. And we're both into that. So let me just give a little overview of how we're connected and um, what we're going to be talking about today. And then I'll hand it straight over to you. So I am um, really excited. I've mentioned that um, Deborah is a health, wellness and exercise expert specializing in helping women in menopause get the energy and vitality they seek. Um, that jumped out at me straight away. I'm so, so glad we've connected. You are the author of You've Still Got It, Girl. <laughs> is that how you say it? That is absolutely how you say it. You've still got it, girl. And you are a speaker on the TEDx Talks, and I have watched your um, TEDx Talk on YouTube. So congratulations. That's absolutely awesome. It only took me about the, into the first sort of five or six minutes before I'm like, I need to talk to this lady for reals. Um, and then you provide training and education for fitness trainers to understand how to train women in their third age. And this is definitely one of the reasons I reached out to you. I am in this kind of like purgatory place where I know there's a lot going on for women in this um, stage. And the exercise part is actually quite a lots of question marks around that. So if I can hand it over to you yeah. now, Deborah, and you tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got into this space, and then we'll start some of the big questions that I have for you. <laughs> Absolutely. So, you know, I stumbled into the exercise space 37 years ago, actually, at this point, and it was accidentally. So I grew up thinking I would be a graphic designer. I, as a child, had a sketchbook and uh, colored pencils or charcoal pencils or something always in my hand since I was really small. And and yet a couple of years into it, I had I had really started fitness for my own account. So self-initiated fitness after the high school and the coaches were telling you, you have to do X, Y, and Z. I actually started walking with my mom is how it started. And I gradually, she would miss and maybe I would jog a little bit and I became a runner. And 
you know, I, two years into my, my college year, it was 1984. And imagine a lot of people smoke and drank and that was kind of college routine and I was like I do not fit in here because graphic designers smoke drink and stay up all night to do their projects and I'm like in bed by nine up to run I you know this is not a fit and I was like I don't think I want to do this and so I stuck one foot in physical education kept the other foot there and at the end of the semester I was like nope totally done I had great instructors and that's really what did it I was sold on the idea of not, so I, just like everyone else, I had started walking because I was going to be a lifeguard that summer. And after graduation and cake and parties, you know, I was like, I want to look a little better in that swimming suit. And, you know, so vanity started it. But what I realized two years later, even at the ripe old age of 20, was I love how they made me feel. I love how I felt like I could do more things. I was more resilient. I'm sure I didn't use that word at that point, but that's what did it. And I was an old soul. So I was always given older clients, even as an undergrad in our exercise clinic where we did the practical stuff. I was given the faculty and the retired faculty because I was the youngest of four kids and my parents were significantly older. And I just adapted to them and I, I was comfortable with them. I'd spent a lot of Saturday nights as a young kid sitting there with Shirley Temples listening to adult conversations. And so, you know, I kind of knew my way around and I could relate to them. And I thought I really got my customer until, you know, I was really there myself, you know, when I was 47 and 48 and 49 and things do start to change. And unfortunately, as a fitness instructor, you are not immune. You still get to sign up for that too. And um, that's when I realized I thought I got it, you know, and, and I, now I really get it. <laughs> and, but I'd kept hearing from my baby boomer clients that had gone before the doctor is telling me, well, welcome to menopause. What do you expect? As if this is it, it's downhill from here, sister, forget it. And don't worry about it. Yeah, you gained some weight. And, and people were always saying, you know, to someone else, you look pretty good for your age. I mean, compared to other women, you know, and I'm like, oh, I don't think that's right. <laughs> I don't think we want to get into that trap. Because then we're just going to say another 10 or 20 pounds. That's okay. Because look at them. They're, they're bigger. And, that, and then it's like, let's not go down that street. So that's where I really knew I wanted to help that niche of females going through menopause, basically. So it was, you know, nobody was helping them. Hormonal changes were changing all the rules. And they didn't have any answers. So that's really where I was already working with fitness trainers and health coaches. We weren't health coaches at that point, but I was helping them with sales and marketing because for some reason, probably the graphic design, I'd already had that, that niche. And I knew I had to still be doing the training myself to be relevant. You know, you can't be the expert telling them how to do it if you're not doing it and making your money that way yourself. You know, you, I don't think you should be listening to somebody who doesn't do that. So what happened is the flipping 50 took off, you know, because women were like, nobody else is doing this. Nobody's talking our language. Thank you for doing this. And um, it's just been 
just a huge benefit for both me and them. You know, it's, um, it's sharing the gifts, you know, that I have with women so that they can take the talents and the strengths that they have and the wisdom of, you know, 50 years and use it for their second half. So that's really the long story. Yeah, that's fantastic. I'm so I'm so inspired by what you've said. I feel like uh, I'm kind of on this journey as well, and especially you know with the same fitness background. And I am also I'm actually a young soul. So hearing you talk about being an old soul, I would say I'm a young soul because I still really relate very easily to people say ten years younger than me um, through the things that they're going through in life. And I think that one of those things is I had a uh, I have an eight year old son. So I have a young child and so it kind of keeps me youthful and I am Mm -hmm. sort of mixing with younger parents and things like that. But also when it comes to the fitness industry and the front facing training that you were talking about that you think, you know, if you're going to tell people how to exercise, you need to be role modeling it yourself. I a thousand percent subscribe to that message. What I find really interesting was um, I'm teaching women and say a group fitness setting that uh, there's some people that would be about the same age as me, um, you know, give or take a few years and quite a few younger. It was the ones coming through the early 40s that were spending a significant amount of time in the gym. Some stuff was changing for them or whether it was social um, that they wanted to do more than an hour of exercise. So there's that kind of category. And then there was the, the woman that are about the same age as me that I was starting to hear the mumblings of, I don't know what's going on to my body, all the things Mm -hmm. I was doing and no longer working. So from your experience, what are some of the most common symptoms or conversations women were happening that kind of propelled you into this space? And it is a really amazing space to be involved in today when we're opening up all these conversations now. Fantastic. Yeah. So, I mean, biggest symptoms and signs that people are experiencing perimenopause, because often we're having this conversation more often, just like you've said, but often a woman doesn't really realize it. I mean, nobody says, boom, you're in perimenopause. You know, you start those signs and symptoms and it's little by little, you've got to kind of put together your own set of clues and you can be that outlier who has signs and symptoms that are very uncommon. I mean, so there's the obvious, you're having hot flashes and night sweats. Oh, well, we know that's most likely, you know, if you're in your forties and fifties, pretty much we can probably say conclusively that's it. But if you have things like um, muscle, muscle shocks and kind of electricity going through your body and you have, you know, sore gums or, I mean, an odd array of symptoms that you would never put together. And if you have those and none of the common ones, then you may be a little stuck and doctors will struggle to identify it as well. So we know that that can happen very easily, but you know, there are about 34 very common symptoms and and some that include that uncommon denominator as well, that if you're a woman in your 40s and 50s, definitely this is probably what's going on, but here's what we do. So when we have the most common ones, which are probably weight gain and belly fat, and even if you don't weight gain, there seems to be the belly fat issue happens to anyone. 
So it's more like a relocation, right? And some of that fat takes up residence where it wasn't before. And so no longer does it feel like it's so equally distributed and you can't hide it as easily. It's just right there. Um, you know, the appearance of cellulite becomes more prevalent and we all have it. And I, I love the the um, influencers who are normalizing that, that 20 year olds, my God, have cellulite. So, you know, we don't love it. Nobody loves it, but it is normal and it's nothing you're doing wrong. We see more of it because our skin is thinning because of the estrogen losses. So when it's in terms of what, what are we doing wrong, you know, or what are the mistakes that women most commonly make? And I'm going to do this broad picture first. The first one is turning over what you should do turning over your exercise plan or your program to someone else without asking questions. So if you didn't know to ask this before, figure this right now, this moment is your calling. So you need to ask about any program, any trainer, any YouTube video that you're going to, was this exercise program based on research on women just like me? Because if you listen to my TED talk, the whole meaning of that is that a very small percentage of research is done on exercise and sports medicine research specifically is done on females, but females are very different than males. So broadly, now we have to divide this down. Women go through seven major hormonal changes in their lives and some women more than seven and because they'll repeat like pregnancies. And so you've got prenatal and postnatal happening over and over again. Some women don't have that blessing or choose not to have it. So there's some slight variation, but on average, there's seven potential changes we go through. And some of us, we can't avoid it, most of them. Um, every single one of them demands a unique exercise prescription. So, I mean, you think about, you know, an adolescent girl, we're trying to build her bone density. Ideally, we want her doing jump rope. We want her playing basketball, high impact kinds of sports to build that bone density because the bank is still open for deposits, right? Until we're about 30. So the higher impact things that you're doing when you're younger before um, puberty. And then even after though, into early adulthood, we now know we can still do quite a bit of good and benefit if we're strength training. So we need to be doing those kinds of things. And if we didn't, it's never too late. So I also want somebody to, to be here and I don't want you to say oh, too late for me. I didn't do that. Now's the time to start. And there is proof that the oldest old, 87 to 95 year olds, is the oldest study that I can find, you know, because we are probably the generation who will be the 97 year olds to 105 year olds that they will be testing. We'll do that. We're like, yes, we're still after it. We should all be saying, if you are trying to show me the gated 55 and older community or the assisted living, I'm not coming unless you have a weight room. We should just okay. say no. A hundred percent. Okay. So this is where I'm like, yeah, girl. <laughs> I mean, the whole premise of me starting the podcast was about the longevity conversation. So yeah. I just couldn't sort of wrap my head around the fact that I wouldn't be able to be an independent 
older woman looking after myself and then it sort of ticks all the questions around you know what's my health going to be like what's my mobility going to be like and what's my eyesight going to be like so I started to really deep dive into the whole picture around what did it mean to be aging and therefore I just felt like it didn't have to be a dirty word therefore sexy aging (laughs) you know yeah I mean I absolutely love what you're saying right now so Carrie Yes, fantastic. So, so true. So the whole point is, you know, when you're in perimenopause and postmenopause, and I, and I say that, and I think everybody probably knows, menopause is just really a blip. I mean, that's that moment where you're 12 months from having your last period. But I do when we're breaking it down, and I'm talking to women, I will use that as three categories kind of the late stage of perimenopause, early stage of postmenopause, I would say we call that menopause right there. And for any of you women who were in that stage during the pandemic, when gyms are closed and we're kind of sheltering at home, moving a little bit less, at least in the beginning, some actually got more active, but we'll talk about that. And we had a global dumbbell shortage. Who would have predicted that? Like you couldn't get your hands on a pair of dumbbells. So we got really, really clever with, you know, putting sand and rocks in our water bottles and books in backpacks. And we now know how to be very creative with our weights. And your body doesn't know what shape the weight is in, by the way. So it is perfectly okay. But the combination of being at that moment in menopause and being in the pandemic, if you were less active right now is the moment to mitigate that we need to fix it because we have a rapid acceleration of muscle and bone loss during that period of time. And if I said to you, it's like 0.2% or whatever, it's going to sound very small, but the problem is it's it's a great loss for a short amount of time and that we don't get it back unless we're very, very active about doing something very specific. And most women don't. We kind of just breathe a sigh of relief, no more hot flashes, thank goodness I'm through that, and then resume our lives. Right now is the time to start getting on a strength training program. If you weren't, start light but progressively get heavier as much as every one of those joints in your body and assess them joint by joint can handle. Because yes, you may have a shoulder that can't tolerate it, but if your hips and your knees do lift heavy with those legs, right? So you want to do the best you can for your osteozones, both for bone density and for your muscle. Muscle is to quote a friend of mine, the organ of longevity. So we, we know that muscle is so important for you to be able to do the things that create more bone density. And, and I would guess that if, if many of your listeners and watchers are over 40, you know, it's probably true if you've not had a bone scan that many of us already have osteopenia or osteoporosis. We just don't know it. But I'll tell you, when we hear those words, you get the diagnosis. I mean, it feels like, ah, me? I exercise all the time. I eat really well. You know, it feels like an insult. And and it also feels like somebody just took the rug out from under your feet. And there is a little like, what does that mean for me? Like now all of a sudden I'm fragile and fearful of doing things. So to give everybody a little bit of relief prior to the pandemic, and they had to stop at the pandemic, unfortunately, they stopped in March 
And they were there was an 18-month study underway looking at women who were in menopause and had osteoporosis. And they started a progressive strength training program that also included high impact intensity aerobic kind of exercise, which is, you know, 10 or 20 years ago, we would have thought, no, 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 don't do that, right? That'll that'll surely give you a fracture. And um, so women are a little bit afraid of it. After 13 months, they were gradually increasing progressively, you know, starting from light, going heavier over the months. And at 13 months, they had to stop because, you know, everything shut down. They couldn't let the people into the university clinic to do the exercise and do it in a supervised way. But what they did find is they took the statistics and the data they had, even though they hadn't done the last five much more significant months of heavier strength training, even more impact. And they found they already had had positive results with increases in bone density and zero injuries. So I think the preliminary data is there that you're not broken. Yes, should you do it carefully and should you do it you know, under the watchful eye of someone who knows what they're doing when they start you and move you to the next and the next and the next. This is not random videos on YouTube, ladies. So it doesn't matter how cute the instructor is or how motivating, you really need someone who's seen what you did yesterday and who will see what you'll do tomorrow and who's planning that along the way for you and how you're responding. But it's absolutely possible to have far better results aging than we've ever thought possible. And what we have to keep in mind is our role models, you know, our parents and our grandparents we are going to age far better than them. So we're raising the ceiling for, you know, our daughters, our nieces and, and sons, daughter-in-laws. And we've got to keep in mind, we haven't seen it. It's, we're going to create it. Yeah, I think that's so exciting. If I had like a sound effect right now that went, <sighs> <laughs> from what you've just said, especially about that study, I was sitting here and my heart started increasing my heart rate started going up because I'm like, yes, this is the stuff I want to know. It's like mm -hmm. these specific exercises, heavy weight training and some high intensity and maybe some plyometric, is that where we should be heading? Um, because yeah. to be honest, I love, I'm a cardio queen. I love cardio. I actually really like HIIT training. I've dialed it back quite a lot because I need, I've noticed I need more recovery and the yeah. recovery has helped with my sleep and you know decreasing stress and cortisol and things like that so I know that you know a little bit of hit is okay but I'm probably not going to do it every day like I used to um like I know still lots of women still do that regular 45 minute sometimes longer hit workout but the whole thing stop. about the yeah stop stop the, <laughs> the strength training part is really cool and I've started to pick up on that over the last couple of months realize you know how important it is for bone strength and muscle strength and muscle density but the plyometric or slight amount of hit cardio you know so what do you what would you recommend in a like what would a weekly program look like with those things yeah. put into the, into it yeah and i'm so glad you asked and so i want to come right back to you know those ladies who are so i think don't fix it if it's not broken so if you are sleeping really well you don't have cravings you have a good appetite, a healthy appetite, but not a, I can eat the house 
and you know I'm craving sugar in the middle of the the afternoon and the morning and the night or I'm foraging you know constantly for things those are signs that your exercise may be playing into that you're doing too much and it's lifting your cortisol level up and it's not giving you the corresponding drop which is what most of us hope exercise does elevate cortisol because it's the energy you're using to do the exercise but if you're doing the right kind, then you'll get that corresponding drop that helps you feel much more relaxed and helps you get to sleep and better night's sleep. So if that's not happening, then it's time to look at your exercise. But here's what we found. So there's um, a very steep increase in the injury rate as we've watched people using high intensity interval training. So at one point, you know, we started doing HIT and it was a fad and a trend because it was still that new. Well, we know now it's here to stay and we're using it with all populations. And, you know, here's the thing though, midlife women are much more prone to injury. We see more injuries and we can't tell you right now, there is no study that will give you a direct, here's why, you know, I mean, the lack of estrogen causes more breakdown of muscle and very likely that also spills over to your connective tissue, your joints and your ligaments. So for those of you who have things like itis, any itis, like a chronic inflammation, plantar fasciitis, carpal tunnel syndrome, elbow tendonitis, shoulder tendonitis, and can't seem to get rid of them or they're recurring for you. That is Yes, potentially hormonal, but you also want to look at, you know, how solid is your diet? And it's not, you know, are you dieting? I'm asking, are you eating enough? Are you eating a micronutrient dense diet, adequate protein, adequate fat? You're not skimping because you're like this car and you have to have all the parts in order to get down the street. And if you're cheating, your body is under a lot of stress, you will have more and more breakdown. So if you've been dealing with that plantar fasciitis for a couple of years, you really start looking under the hood, but you don't want more than about 45 minutes total of high intensity exercise a week. So we repeat that a week, I know. And that's where the line is, where we see injury rates go up. Here's the number, 544%. The injury rate went up with the advent of HIT as it's been used more and more and more. Now, whatever HIT you do, it's as safe as potentially the instructor who's planning the exercise, who's observing your form and your recovery or, or yourself if you're responsible. And, and you may be able to go a little bit more and be fine with that, but you've got to kind of use that as your okay, that's three short sessions of 15 minutes plus and minus uh, or plus a warm up cool down, or it's two 20, 25 minute sessions, warm up and cool down. And you don't necessarily want more. So what I tell the women who are in our flipping 50 tribe is you should be working so hard. You're glad to be done. You're ready for the cool down right after 20 minutes of doing high and low and high and low and high and low. It should be that hard. You should be like, yeah, oh yeah, I'm done. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. yeah. All right. So this is getting really good. So <laughs> when you talk about 45 minutes of high intensity exercise per week, mm -hmm. and that could be, could that be like yeah. one session or that could be multiple sessions, a short amount of time. But I agree with you, like the harder you go for the shorter period of time and you get that done and that's great because you've got the rest of the day ahead of you. 
it's also really, you know, it's really time efficient. Plus you don't want to be doing more if you can't even breathe. So I love right. that. I love that right. kind of direction that you're talking about. When you talk about high intensity exercise, are you referencing body weight, high intensity exercise, or could that I'm also not. be a, okay. So you're talking about a combination. It could be like a, a spinning session, like 10 yeah. really hard intervals with the rest in between 10 of those, yes. then you're done. Then you cool down that kind of thing. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. So talking cardio and, and your question though, brings up a great point. So it's great to ask this. So there are a lot of boot camp kind of workouts, right? Well, you're, you're doing, I'm going to do a strength training workout and then I'm going to jump rope and then I'm going to do a strength training workout and, or a squat jumps, you know, so I'm incorporating both. I'm not a fan. And here's why both pieces then get washed out you're not doing as high of high intensity cardio as you could, and you're not doing muscular fatigue kind of strength training. You're too many people when they're going into a boot camp are like in a frenzy, kind of working really hard in a frenzy. And when you walk out the door, you're tired. But what we really need to do is get completely breathless during those interval training, the high intensity interval training, and then get totally, I'm breathing again through my nose, recovered, right? And then when you're strength training, you need to reach muscular fatigue at the end of every set. And that's not happening in those boot camps. It's just your minute is up, your 30 seconds is up, you're going to move stations and do something else and do a frenzy of something else. And so moving in a frenzied way can make anybody tired, but it really does not make your body better. It does not change body composition. It's more like cocaine. You have to go back for another hit. It burns calories a little bit faster for a while. But if you don't do that again, you haven't changed your body permanently. Whereas if you pick up weights, you reach muscular fatigue, we're increasing your lean muscle mass. We're changing your metabolism. We're changing the way you burn calories when you're sitting here at rest for the rest of the day. And that's really changing your body. So at the end of the year, if we can separate those and do a better job. And, and occasionally, if you love that kind of variety back and forth, to throw that in is okay. I think you've got to say, what's my personal preference? I really like those classes and okay, do that. But let's not do it so much that we get hurt or we negate the results that we really want elsewhere. Yeah. All right. So we've got some juicy content right there. I mean, I, I mean, I'm going to say, you know, honestly, I've spent a significant amount of years in that hit space daily, you know, doing it daily. And a lot of it, yeah. you get a lot of joy out of it. If you love that feeling yeah. of how your body is moving and that you can move it in so many different ways, but I agree with you on the injury front. So I, my husband and I laugh about the fact that I wake up and I've got an injury. Like I don't remember physically <laughs> hurting myself in the moment, but there were two situations. There's it's the shoulder, you know, the frozen shoulder kind of thing. Yeah. I've got that. Yeah. It's like an old lady, an old lady thing. Right. Um, and then the other one was my elbow and it was like tendonitis and I had no recollection of how I hurt myself, except that I do remember sleeping like this. And then I woke up and I couldn't straighten my arm. I had to go to the physio. I did physio for it for three months. And they said it's, you know, tendonitis, but not one side, both sides. How crazy wow. is that? But I do think that that's, 
that's definitely a, and, and it did occur to me, it was uh, based around um, estrogen dropping, perimenopausal yeah. symptom. Um, mm -hmm. So that actually was the catalyst, both situations to me, increasing the um, strength training component and decreasing the yep. hit. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Okay, so um, you've obviously got a well-curated program that's very successful and it's so awesome to hear that women are getting, you know, the support. I mean, we could talk about results, but I think when we get to our age, it's more along the lines of, can you just tell me what I need to do, <laughs> you know, because I want to feel good and I want to feel good for a long time. So that feeling good and for a long time, yeah, okay, maybe I'll lose some belly fat, I'll lose some inches, lose a few kilos, get stronger, maybe look better in my clothes. Those are all things that are still there. I know that, you know, people are getting those results with you, but I do think oh, yeah. it does come down to that, you know, can you help me with these other things that are happening? <laughs> um, so how do people access your training? So you can find us at flipping50.com. So that's all spelled out, all words, no numbers. And, you know, we have programs, we have DVDs, if you can believe that. I, wow. Back in 2016, I thought, why would I ever create a DVD? But I had people asking, you know, like, we're still using them. That, and I don't have a dependable internet, so please make some. So we're, we're pretty low on those, but we've got digital products and we've got longer-term programs. So you can stick your toe in the water or you can really look around and say, no, I'm committing. I'm, I'm in for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Deborah. So um, every uh, week I also promote a book. And often I'm interviewing podcast guests that have actually written their own book. So um, when your podcast episode comes up, we'll be promoting your book. Um, you still got it, girl. Okay. Fantastic. <laughs> yes. Love it. You know, it is the best place to start really, because I break down all the little pieces that are necessary for fitness. You know, I think we come for the exercise, but then you realize how important your, you mentioned your recovery right? Yeah. One of the most underlooked things that, you know, at some point in your forties or fifties, you're not going to start ignoring that anymore. You're not going to be able to. Um, so we look at sleep, we look at stress, we look at the nutrition, of course, and then look at pulling it together with the hormones in a holistic picture. So your joints, your ligaments, your hormones, the exercise you do, the things you want. I mean, all of those things are so very related. So it's all in there. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks so much, Deborah. And thanks for your time for the podcast today. You're so welcome. So glad to be here. I am loving these conversations with women from all over the world. I've learned so much and I want to keep learning so that I can share with you to help you navigate your way through this time of our life, to feel well, to feel good, empowered and sexy. I have testimonies every day from women that have found some comfort in the episodes and so I'm putting it out there that if you are loving the content and it's helping you, please consider subscribing monthly or even donating. This podcast is not a paid gig and I am doing it purely out of passion. I'm obviously not Joe Rogan who sold his podcast for $72 million. I'm a woman like you exploring how to live a long and healthy life.